Konnichiwa. Hello, welcome. This is Castlin and Always Acting Up. This is the podcast where I will be sharing all of my personal stories and journeys as an actress in the entertainment industry. This episode, I am going to tell you guys how I learned how to speak Japanese in one week. But first, I want to give a shout out to all of you guys listening every single other week uh, on my podcast platforms, YouTube, messaging on Instagram, and of course, a very, very special shout out to the one and only producer of mine, Hisani Johnson. Konnichiwa. Okay, I, I can't think of any other words right now because I learned how to speak it in one week and I forgot it the very next day. I pretty much don't remember how to speak Japanese at all, but I am going to tell you about the best job I've ever had in my entire life. This job is truly a dream. And if I could do this every day, like I would be just the happiest person in the world. I'm already pretty happy, but this job just takes the absolute cake of dream job to the max. So let me tell you, I was browsing through Actors Access. Actor, oh Jesus. I was browsing through Actors Access one day and it was like sort of towards the end of the day. And actually it was the very last one I was looking at. And this casting was looking for a host. I was like, well, I kind of host sometimes. I can do this. And they were looking for someone who was a San Diego local hire who can kind of act as a tour guide for this Japanese travel show. And I thought to myself, well, don't live in San Diego, but San Diego is like one of my favorite places, like in the entire world. I love San Diego. If I weren't in Los Angeles or Las Vegas and I weren't pursuing this awesome, crazy business that I am, I would be living in San Diego by the beach doing what? I don't know, but I would be in San Diego, like hands down. So I thought to myself, okay, it's like a couple days, like uh, five days. And they're going to pay me like $200 a day, like I can get an Airbnb and drive down and pretend like I'm a local hire. And uh, so I submitted for it. Luckily enough for me, I got an email a couple days later from production and they were, you know, wanting to double check my availability and uh, just kind of make sure I was like, okay. They said I was going to be speaking like a little bit of Japanese, which I thought was really cool because. I don't speak a lick of Japanese, but I'm really good at listening and hearing languages and faking it at least a little bit, you know, I think until you can understand it. So I thought, yeah, cool. Um, I'm down. They had already said that the director had gone browsing on my Instagram and he liked what he saw, which I do have to make a note, you guys. Social media is so important. It's so annoying. I agree. But what you post on social media, people are looking at you all the time. Um, I happen just to just have a lot of smiling things and uh, probably adventures that I had already done and He had actually said, you know, we liked your smiley American personality. If you are interested, we'd love to have you as part of the show. So yes, fuck yeah. Which also just reminds me, there's that uh, quote that a lot of, I guess, foreigners say about Americans, either about us smiling. They're like, either they're drunk or they're American. (laughs) And in this case, um, I guess I'm just American. I like to smile. I think everything is fun, especially like I'm already living the dream, you guys. So I'm already having a great fun time. I'm not exactly where I want to be right now, but 
you know, take things into perspective. I'm doing what I want to do. So I'm smiling and I'm having a good time. So Kotaro is the one who I had been emailing back and forth. He is, I think that he worked with the show. The show is called World Summer Resorts and it airs on the Tokyo broadcasting channel, which apparently is really, really huge. And I have no idea. And this show had apparently been running for like seven seasons, which is cool. You guys, I'm famous in Japan, by the way. Um, uh, so I, I was so excited to do the show. Kotaro actually sent me an itinerary of everything we were going to be doing for the week. And he was like, we just kind of want to give you an idea of what we had in mind. Are you okay with this? Is there anything that you don't want to do? And I did a quick browse and there was a couple of things on there. I was like, I don't really know what this is, but let me go do some research. Then I saw it and I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm so down. The only thing I was not going to do, um, they have quite a different cuisine in Japan. And I'm usually pretty adventurous when it comes to food, but I just, I, I had to tell them like, I cannot eat seafood. I try, it just, it smells and the texture, I, I can't do it. I, I just, I just can't do it. And I was so nervous, like, cause I was thinking like, man, like this is the dream job. I hope this is not gonna jeopardize my opportunity to be a part of the show because I'm not gonna eat like a fish. I'll tell you what it actually, what they actually were eating later. And no way, no way I was gonna eat this. I just, I just can't, I'm too much of a baby. And so sure enough, it was time to start filming. Day one, uh, we were at Mission Beach and it was pretty much just Kotaro, the director. There was a camera guy and I, I can't even remember, but I think the camera guy did sound as well. And there was a local production assistant, Hi Alexis, and he had worked with um, a bunch of different companies around town. So he was like the only local person from San Diego. And Kotaro was my go-to for everything. Kotaro, um, fluent in English. He lives in New York and uh, he was everything I love. There, oh gosh, I love this show so much. I'm so excited to tell you guys all about it. And so we basically, um, first day, just walking around Mission Beach, we did like a little sand check, kind of showed everybody the water, what the water was like, the temperature. And for those who are not quite familiar with San Diego, perhaps maybe you've been a little bit north. And when I say north, like San Diego is at the tip of California. North, um, South Bay, um, Hermosa Beach. Uh, Mission Beach to me was like, basically Hermosa of the South. It's very lively, like, oh, I just loved it so much. Gosh, um, so many people, there's restaurants, there's a boardwalk, cause it's just sunny. When you think of sunny San Diego, this is exactly what you think about. So, you know, we hung out on Mission Beach, kind of just looked at the water. We went around town. Um, this was the first time they had me on a scooter one of the motorized scooters. I think this was when the scooters were just becoming popular because I actually had not been on one myself before. And so I think that what they may have done, they may have done like a Google search of like the best, most popular things to do in San Diego because I had never heard of this, but they apparently had this whole itinerary. And I think in one of their previous episodes, they had been in San Diego before. So they had somewhat idea of the area and the things that they wanted to do. And a really cool story really, really quickly about the scooters is 
that was my first time on the scooter. And then since I had footage of myself, you know, from this show being on a scooter, I actually booked another job for a scooter company because I had experience on a scooter. And I think at this time, everyone's been on one of those scooters before. So no big deal. But I love them. Safety first, y'all. We ended up going to Lucha Libre. I feel like I didn't say that right. And I had to Google it so I can tell you guys exactly what Lucha Libre means. There's a taco shop and Lucha Libre is the term used in Mexico for professional wrestling. And if you've maybe seen uh, Nacho Libre with Jack Black, (laughs) Mexican wrestling, they have like those masks on and I've actually never seen that particular movie, but I know you've seen the costume before or you've at least seen pictures. Giant taco place. I had a giant burrito, um, you know, American style with our jumbo portions. That was cool. Got to go and eat. We went to a dessert place called I Dessert in San Diego, which actually is by a guy named, I know I'm not going to say this right either because... I'm awesome. John, John Felipe. And he actually, fun fact for you guys, he designed the world's largest chocolate fountain here at the Bellagio. And what was cool about that is I had actually been familiar with that name because living here in um, Vegas, I take people to the Bellagio all the time. And it's like, if you're looking at the lobby and the Bellagio and you look to the right, they have the giant botanical garden exhibit. But if you actually go to the left, go down the hallway a little bit, there's like a little chocolate dessert place. And there it is. The world's largest, largest chocolate water fountain is right there. So I was familiar with who he was. And in the show, which is cool, the director kind of just picked all random things. To be honest, I don't even think he knew what he was doing. (laughs) But um, the dessert place, you pick your desserts, you pick your toppings. It's kind of like a Subway or Chipotle where you're like, I want this, 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 this. I think he just went crazy and he just starts picking stuff. And um, that's basically what he did with the desserts for me to eat it in one of the segments talking about I dessert and it was so good you guys I'm a huge dessert person and if you put a dessert in front of my face I'm like a child like I cannot stop staring at it I need it right away and it's actually really funny because what they did for the show is when they told me that I was going to be speaking a little Japanese I didn't realize that I was going to be doing the entire show in Japanese. And so what they were doing is we would go to like Mission Beach, for example, and they would have these cue cards. And like five minutes before we were filming, they would write what they wanted me to say phonetically in Japanese. I'm like, okay, here you go. And they say, uh, he said it a couple times, made sure I can like kind of jumble through it. And then we would just say it. And we did this for the entire show. That's how I can speak Japanese overnight. Honestly, it's probably terrible. But they had this dessert in front of me and they held up this cue card and I was supposed to have like actions in between. It was like, say this line, do this action, say this line, do this action. And my brain was just so flustered that day that I just, it was not happening. But I ended up, he basically just said, okay, and action. I said one line and I just started eating the ice cream because it was so good. But all of a sudden I heard Kataro and everybody, no, wait. And I, I, I messed up. I, I wasn't supposed to do that, but I was so excited to eat that ice cream. I just went ahead and did it. And um, oh, if you guys are in San Diego, I would highly suggest going there um, 
to this place I desert. The people there, um, the owners were so, so nice. They actually sent me home with some meringue, which I thought was really super sweet. And here's my payback. I hope you guys go and visit and tell them I sent you. Yay. Okay. And now this is where it gets really, really cool and adventurous. Okay, you guys, picture this. We were down at the marina and we're walking and we're like, okay, we're going in the hot tub. And I was like, okay, I don't really know what you're talking about. We're going in a hot tub. It's the middle of summer. It's going to be a little hot. Y'all, this hot tub was on the boat. Did you get that? There was a fully functioning jacuzzi hot tub on the boat that we then took into the marina and yo I was on a freaking hot tub in a boat by myself in the marina it was the coolest thing ever um gosh I wish I remember the company but you can probably just google it hot tub cruise and that's probably one of the coolest things I've ever experienced because I just didn't even know that existed. And yeah, they were driving the boat, but like I was in the hot tub by myself on the boat in the middle of the marina in the middle of summer acting like a fool. Awesome. Then we went to Little Italy. We kind of just walked around there. Um, we actually did have lunch there one day, which obviously I'm never, ever going to complain about because they're you know, like, pick a place. Does this place look good to you? Yeah, sure. And this was, this wasn't part of the show. This was just you know, lunch break. And I'm in my bikini for a lot of this episode. So I'm like, great. Um, maybe don't eat all of this pasta, but it was so delicious. Um, oh, okay. Let me tell you about the food that I was supposed to eat on the show, but I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't. It just so happened that we were in town when they were doing the farmer's market. I'm sure they planned it. I just didn't know about it. So, you know, San Diego is by the coast. Most people in the world like seafood besides me. If you're a vegetarian or a vegan, skip, skip past this part. Don't, don't pay attention. They had um, this one little shop area market stand at the farmer's market and they take a sea urchin and I didn't even know you guys can eat those, but you can. Um, sea urchins are the ones with like the spikes everywhere. Like you don't want to touch it. Okay, it sounds really gross. They cut it in half. And so you eat the inside, which looks kind of like brains and it's orange. And apparently it's delicious. I just couldn't do it. But they made like a ceviche. God, it was so gross. Um, so I basically read the cue card and was like, sorry, I just can't eat this, but I'm going to have my producer do it. And so they had me call Kotaro over and he had to come and eat it on camera because I just couldn't do it. Um, but that's the food that I was talking about. I just, I couldn't do it, but I'm sure it's delicious. <sighs> that's okay. And I'm glad I still got to be a part of the show, even though I wasn't going to eat it. I'm sure they probably love the fact that um, I'm an annoying American and I just wasn't going to do it. But this is where we get to the best part of the entire week. Are you guys ready? Okay, so another day we're out at the marina or bay or I don't know where we are, but this is so cool. I can't even wait to tell you. Okay. So, um, you know, I walk them, I do my little cue cards in Japanese. I struggle through that and we get there and there's this thing in the water and it's like a submarine, but it's very small and it's only built for two people. And it's called the Sea Breacher. And the Sea Breacher is designed, it looks like a mini whale designed 
and painted like a shark. And so what this does, gosh, it's crazy. It's just crazy. It has a, you sit in it, um, the driver, because I sure as hell was not going to do that, nor would they allow me to. I, I, didn't, I wouldn't even want to. Y'all, I have, have um, a little bit of fear of water, especially like a submarine. So the fact that I even did this was like, holy crap. But you sit in it and then they put the top over you that's clear, like see-through so you can actually see the water. And it's motorized and then you just kind of skim on top of the water and then you can actually go nosedive underneath the water Yes, like the submarine, and this goes fast. It goes so fast because you can go underwater and then the driver points his nose up and you fly out of the water like a giant dolphin. Like this thing is crazy. Like I'm talking flying in the air and then you slam back down on the ground, uh, the ocean, but this thing is bananas. I was like, no way they're going to let me do this because the director, I think they picked the itinerary because the director was like, oh, this is fun. Let's go do this because he actually went first just to kind of check it out. I mean, he was smiling. He was having a great time. I was like, they're going to use all of our allotted time and they're not going to let me go. I want to go try it. So the director went and then the camera guy went so they can get all of that footage. And then they put the GoPros in there. And that's when they were like, okay, Kathleen Chan, your turn. I don't know what Chan means. Um, so they had me go in and they recorded it. I'm telling you guys, you're going to have to go and watch the video that is on my YouTube page. I have the entire episode on my YouTube page and watch this part specifically. Like it is bananas. I cannot even express how fast it was, how high we went in the water. Like this was crazy. But this was like the coolest opportunity because this is something like I would never go out of my way to do on my own or I would want to pay for it on my own. So yes, uh, that was the final day and I had been looking forward to that. It was epic and it was amazing. And still like three years later, it is my favorite job. And I wish I could do this over and over again. So hopefully one day I do... I will get the opportunity to fulfill this dream on a weekly basis and go from city to city to city to city to city and I get to be the host. Or if you don't wanna look at my face, maybe I get to be the producer and I get to travel around because this was epic and awesome. And I do, I, I, did, I know I just mentioned, um, I have the entire episode on my YouTube channel and I'm gonna post the link below so you guys can check it out. So you really get to see what I did for the entire week and got paid to do. So yay, uh, this, this brings me to my moment of positivity. Okay, and for our moment of positivity, I thought that it would only be fair and only make sense if I used a Japanese proverb. So I'm going to say it in the worst Japanese you'll ever hear in your entire life. And by the way, this is how the entire episode is in Japanese. It's me speaking the worst Japanese you'll ever hear in your entire life. And that's kind of the joke of the show is having me struggle speaking Japanese the entire time. Like that's the appeal of the show is listening to that. And for those who actually do speak Japanese, there's uh, subtitles so you can figure out what I'm actually trying to say in the episode of World Summer Resort on my YouTube channel. Okay. 
And four, the moment of positivity, my proverb. Koketsu ni ira zunba koji wo ezu. I'm pretty sure I didn't say that right. But it literally says, if you do not enter the tiger's cave, you will not catch its cub. Which means nothing ventured, nothing gained. You can't do anything without risking something. I chose that specific one because it applies to the whole situation of how I got this job of risking my butt and saying I can go down and work as a San Diego local hire and I was gonna have to fund it myself and I was so glad to do so. But had I not done that, I wouldn't have had the most amazing experience and job of my life. So sometimes you gotta take those risks and either reap the rewards or learn from them for next time, cross your fingers and hope for the best. <laughs> That's what I do anyways. All right, and this wraps up this episode of how I learned to speak the worst Japanese you'll ever hear in a week. But I mean, you know, I did the best that I could. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, make sure to leave a comment, subscribe, share it with your friends. And if you do speak Japanese, share it with your friends who speak Japanese and let me know if I said anything crazy because I'm still kind of curious. Um, you guys have a great, fantastic day and uh, sayonara.